Welcome back, everybody. It is maintenance day once again, and it is it is we are in the full throes of summer, and the the, the juicy part of the Buffalo Sabers off season is finally finally coming forth because uh, we can really start turning our attention to the draft. Uh, which is coming up in a couple weeks, a week, two weeks. I don't know. I don't know how much time. I don't know what time looks like or you know works. I don't know how any of that stuff works. You know who does know how it works is my buddy Lance Lasowski. Lance, oh. welcome, welcome back again. Really, you're not fooling anyone, Joe. You know how how it works. We're got what? We're ten days, ten days away. Uh, July seventh and eighth, uh, of course, yeah. because of the new national TV contract with ESPN and whatnot. A Thursday Friday draft. So get ready to stay up late Thursday night, and then Friday it's yeah. all day. So hey, if you got a sick day to use and you're really into the draft stuff, be ready to use it. If not, hey, monitor from afar. Do you think they did Thursday Friday not just because of ESPN, but also because uh, everybody has cottage reservations? Oh, probably for the summer <laughs> that they've had to delay. Like set, like the seventh and eighth is just kind of like the. Uh, I have to believe the ninth was the day everybody was kind of like, all right, we're going to be done with free agency. The draft is already gone. Well, we can get to the cottage that weekend and vacation can start. So they're just like, well, let's just do the seventh and eighth. And then, you know, we can just jump from Montreal to go or where we got to go. It's just so weird. I can't wait until we're on a normal calendar because you got the draft on the seventh and eighth free agency on the 13th, but it'll be very odd to see basically everything done by it's going to only take a couple of days into the start of free agency. I think that with the market being what it is, and unfortunately the cap still frozen, you know, I think guys are going to take contract offers. You know, we're not going to see anything linger. I wouldn't think. I like that. They got rid of quote unquote, got rid of the, the legal tampering part of things. Cause they were like, that doesn't seem fair. It's like, no, you guys were doing it already. Anyways, like just not fooling anybody. Quit the bullshit, please. Like, You've already you've already spoken with the people you want to talk to, or you've talked to them like through a friend that you know, and you know what they're looking for. Everybody, they all know. They all they all know. They all know how it works. They, like this, we're not we're not idiots. They all know. Those conversations are already being had. It's it's interesting though, Joe. It, in the next couple of days, the Sabers will be wrapping their amateur scouting meetings. They're at the point where they just do the one more run through on the list and finalize things. But when you're sitting at nine. With especially this draft, it just seems that other than the top three, we don't know who's going. You know, it's just right. it's going to be very fascinating. You know, Seattle needs everything. The Flyers are a mess. I mean, you could say, yeah, of course, at forward now that Drew's gone, they could use a nice young center, but there's holes on D there too. So right. it's going to be. And then you got Steve Eiserman, and you never know. Like you can you can right. guess, but nobody knows what Steve Eiserman's doing. Of course, when it comes yeah. to the head coaching search, nothing is leaked out of Detroit. Nobody knows who he's hiring. Nobody knows who he's drafting. So the Sabres are finding themselves in, in a, it's, it's an interesting situation being at nine. It's this is one for, I mean, for Buffalo anyways, like you, you, you have your list, you keep it. Like you stay, you stick to that, you stick to that list no matter what. Right. Cause like you can't let somebody, you know, sneak it up and grabbing somebody, you know, just ahead of you or whatever, like anywhere around you, you're just like, Nope, 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 Nope. Stay to our list. We'll have confidence in ourselves and we'll just move ahead. Kevin Adams is very much like Jason Botterill in the sense that they are not picking based on need. They aren't like the, this draft and Kevin Adams confirmed it to me recently that they are going best player available. You know, I know that everybody's looking at, the few, the fewer you know numbers on D in the prospect pipeline. If all these centers in the NHL, not as many down in the you know 
in the A and junior hockey overseas and whatnot, but they're picking best player available. So if there's in their list, of course, is going to be different than all those lists you're seeing out there. That's what makes this really fascinating. The only, and we don't know a whole lot about the trends when it comes to Kevin Adams drafting yet. It's too soon. He went all over the place the last couple of years. Yeah. Yeah. That's that to me makes it more fun on the Buffalo side of things because you, because we don't know. You know, with Bottrell, it was it was kind of easy to zero in on what he was going to do because, you know, because, you know, he was pretty ardent, you know, not picking junior college or junior hockey players, junior college players, please. Um, <laughs> he wasn't he wasn't taking junior players. He wasn't you know, he was basically picking from either Europe or the USHL and guys that were going to college because that meant more control over how long you can sign these guys and blah, 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 all that stuff. And, you know. And we, we saw last year with Adams, when you have 10, 11 picks, he's willing to take risks. And it seems just going over the last two drafts, Quinn, Paterka, Rosine, Kisikov, Poltapov, I see a ton of upside with some, maybe some risk attached, right? I mean, when it came to Quinn, it was not that extensive body of work. With When it came to production, Paterka, German kid, played a lot in Austria, but some question marks there, just a lot of upside. So I think with... The Sabres holding 11 picks. I don't think they're going to make all of them. They can move around and draft and, and trade up. But I think they're going to go with, with skill and, and upside here when it comes to basically their entire board. Don't don't you want your GMs to do that? Yeah. Don't you want your GMs to lean on high-end possibilities? Like, people get spooked out. You know, if there's, like, a toolsy guy that has, like, the flashy highlights and they're doing – you know, the, you, you see the highlights and you're just like, man, this guy's fun. Wow, this is cool. And like, obviously, they're eight, 17, 18 years old. There's going to be obvious flaws in their games in different spots. But if they've got the tools to be able to do the things at an elite level that you want to see at the NHL level, take a swing, maybe, you know, like instead of just going with the safe, like, wow, you know, this guy's, you know, he's dependable. He's blocking shots in junior hockey. He's doing all this. And, you know, he's a very safe pick. He'll be a fourth. He'll be a fourth line player, even though we took him at number 10, <laughs> you know, like. You go safe, like I mean, you know, safe because because you know he's going to be in the NHL, but it's just he's not going to be that you know that that kind of player where he's going to break out you know big scoring season or something like that. If you got a guy that can like just fill the net or you know set guys up and you know out of out of nothing situations, give me that guy. Yeah, and some GMs seem risk averse where they they have trends similar to what we saw from Bottrell, where they think that okay we're going to have more control over this player's development. So let's, you know, let's lean to the guy going to the USHL over Russia because, you know, you just don't know there. Or a kid who's going into the Swedish Hockey League where limits are going to be maybe limited for the first year and you're, you're going to have to make a pretty tough call. And, of course, when it came to Rosine and Kisikov, the Sabres had to make, you know, they had to sign those guys maybe a little bit sooner than they would traditionally like because you need to give them opportunity. And maybe that's, you know, when, you have 11 picks overall, and you got they got three in the first round this year. You're able to, to do those sort of maneuvers. And, hey, the Sabres are young in the NHL right now, so they can sort of take their time a little bit with maybe a couple of these guys that they pick or for the most or the majority of them. Right. Yeah. It's, uh, you, you, I mean, obviously, you don't want to go swinging for grand slams every pick, yeah, you know, especially three in the first round. You take one – like, if you're going to use all three of them, take a swing with one of them, you know, like if there's somebody at the end of the first round that maybe fell, you know, fell way down other, other people's board, maybe not necessarily their board, but somebody who slipped down and you're just kind of like, well, we didn't, 
rank him as high because we were just like, well, we didn't like this, we didn't like that, or we just didn't think he was going to be there. You know, something like that where you're like, okay. And then if there's obvious questions, like, you know, if he's a Russian guy, it's like, well, is he going to be able to get out? Like, can he get over here at some point ever? You know, things like that where you just say, screw it, we're just going to do this. Yeah, you know, like that's that, that's the, that's the kind of positive thing I want to see somebody do if they've got that many picks to, to, to use. Picks 9 and 16 are way too valuable to use in a trade, particularly with what we think the Sabres are going to target in the trade market, goaltending and maybe a defenseman. You know, with mm-hmm. where they're at defensively, I don't think that you want to trade 9 or 16 for a defenseman. They, they just have too many young defense with high upside who could take big minutes, and they're going to want to – have those minutes, you know, right away. So, yeah, uh, those are the two picks I'm keeping. You're not going to want to trade the pick that you acquire for Jack Eichel for a goalie that doesn't work out. That's not going to look very good long term. <laughs> so I can see I'm with you. I think that when, you, when you're looking at 28, they could go high upside with some with, with risk. If you're looking for, you know, for example, a, a kid from Russia who you don't know who's going to come over here. Uh, maybe a higher skilled guy from a country like Slovakia where the development is, you know, maybe a little bit more question marks how you're going to handle that player in terms of next steps, or they could package 28 and 16 and move up potentially. Right. I mean, that's, and make a big play for, for a guy who maybe fell to a spot that you didn't maybe anticipate somebody who, for example, is in their top 10 on their, on their prospect rankings. Yeah, that's, I, I, I mean, you guys can't see this, but like, you know, Lance and I talk over video to, to kind of record, to record these things. And the second, second you said like, you're not going to use the pick you got with Jack Eichel to trade for some goalie. That's not going to do anything. And I just start laughing <laughs> because that's exactly what Tim Murray did yeah. years ago. Like, you know, like that's, that's the exact thing that he did. And, you know, like the, I think that they're going to make trades. Like, I don't think they're going to pick all, all, they're not going to use all 11 in my opinion, but I mean, you could trade a second for a goalie. You could trade a third for a goalie. Like, there's other picks available. I think when this first round, though, no, I don't think Kevin Adams is gonna is gonna pull the Tim Murray and uh, and try to get a guy with with that selection, you know, sixteen or nine in particular. See, this got me. This got me looking back. Like, what? what who, which guy did Ottawa get with the pick that Buffalo traded to them, and they got Colin White. White. Yeah. And I was just, I was just like, I was like, oh man, like because the, again, our favorite game here is to go back to the draft and go like. Oh, what, what guy could they have gotten with that pick? <laughs> and uh, I'm looking here, 15 draft. What is it called, Colin White? How about I just do Control F search? How about that? That's Colton White. Am I looking? I'm looking at the wrong. Forget it. We're not doing this. We're, we're just not. We're just, we're just not going to do that. Um, but it's. I mean, it's just. It's so strange. It's just. It's just so strange to like to have that many guys where you're just like, hey. This this could work out okay. Oh, okay. Never mind. My eyes work again. <laughs> if you're moving a um, first for a goalie, it better be one that's that's proven. And the only goalie that's out there, you know, on the trade market, supposedly, you know, reportedly, John Gibson. I mean, that's a guy I would move a first round pick for in the right package. But mm-hmm. I don't. Again, he's got no trade protection. Expected to go to a contender. I I don't see that scenario playing out. And with the contract that he has. Yeah, the, yeah, the contract is I, I think makes it tougher on Gibson just because it's five years. Yeah, five years left after, uh, you know that that's five years at six million a pop on the cap. Like that's that's a big investment. That's a huge investment. The contender's like, gonna have to do some juggling to make that those numbers work. Yeah, Toronto, 
we know we know it's you or Edmonton. <laughs> we know it's one of you guys. It's, it's one of those teams that are going to be like, well, you know, we could just like sacrifice the future for a goalie. Like, yeah, that's right. That's right. Do that. Sacrifice your future for a goalie that may or may not be able to rebound from his last three horrible seasons. Who knows? <laughs> Who knows? Like, that's that's the cool. That's the cool fun part. Anyway, but it's. No, go ahead. No, you. Sorry. No, you're good. I, I was just going to say when we're talking about the possibility of a trade, I know that people their eyes get big. They, you know, especially when you're going to have a player like JT Miller on the market, a few other big time forwards. The Sabers are not going to be involved in trying to get a forward with a first round pick. Those the young guys that are on their roster are going to get the minutes. Plus, you have Clint Paterka, who if they don't make the NHL roster at training camp, they'll be up soon thereafter. So, those those guys are the priority. I now the 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 not getting a forward thing is interesting because I thought I read this week that I don't know I I should really use my favorites on Twitter to make sure I keep track of these things these idiot things that I read um but there was there was something that I read where it was you know Adams was talking about adding a forward in the offseason and I'm like I don't like, like, is that tr- like that can't be right, right? Like, you gotta, you have to assume that one of or both of Quinn and Paterka are gonna be on your roster, right? Yeah, and like, they're gonna be one or both are gonna be on the roster. It's all gonna be about the young guys, and that may extend to defense as well. I, I know that people are automatically thinking they're gonna go out and get a defense, but if the right one isn't available, don't be surprised if they just run it back and have Bryson and Fitzgerald there and hey, evaluate those guys some more and add add a, a number seven rather than mm-hmm. a guy who could possibly ascend to your top four. It's a risk if they go that route. But again, it's it's all going to be about fit. Who makes the most sense? Is Mark Pissick in play there if, if some if another target falls through? So they're gonna when you when you're still trying to figure out among that young core of forwards who's going to be part of this long term, you have to play them. You have to get, continue to give them minutes and opportunity. And they think so highly of that group that hey I don't blame them. And this is a big year for Middlestad. He's going to be getting more minutes and opportunity than he did last year when he was missing through that injury. So I think Victor Olson will be back. And that's another reason why, like, they don't really need anybody when you're bringing Quinn and mm-hmm. in, you're going to have Olson for another year. It's uh... – I, I'm very excited to 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 have them announce uh, former future former Saber Robert Hag back <laughs> in the back in back in the lineup for for the Sabers to be their number seven defenseman. You know, just like that, <laughs> like that's the kind of defense move I can see. Not not necessarily Robert Hag. Like I'm having fun there, folks. We're having fun here, um, but like somebody along those lines where you're just like they're not really a threat to crack the top six, but they can play there if they need to. It's all like that be, kind of player. It's going to be about character, and it's going to be. I think a big part of it is probably going to be analytics. I think when you have that analytics department, what they're capable of, and they had a big part in, in Mark Pissick coming back, you know, last off season. Mm-hmm they're going to look for a bargain type of player who's going to be the right character fit. You know, and as well, it fit on the eyes, fit fit skill wise, but I just don't, they're not going to go out and throw money at somebody. They're not in that spot right now. Yeah, no, they, they shouldn't be. <laughs> I mean, we, we know, like they, they we know they got to hit the floor. They got to do all that stuff. And that's going to be relatively easy to do now after, after getting Bishop or Bishop's contract, they're not getting Ben Bishop, Ben Bishop. <laughs> 
they they announced Pete DeBoer in Dallas as the new coach, and they were already talking about Ben Bishop working in the Stars organization <laughs> <laughs> in a role there. And I'm like, hey, isn't that tampering? Guys, come on. Well, like, Dan Girardi works for the Sabres, and he's still getting a paycheck from the New York Rangers. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe he was up until this offseason. I think that he was because yeah. he got the buyout. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah, but Ben Bishop didn't get a buyout. Like no. he's still a contract. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's that's different. Like yeah. Ben Bishop's under contract with the Buffalo Sabres, and they're like, no, we think he's going to be with our organization as a in a development role or something. I'm like, what? Like, shouldn't he have to like hang out here or do something? Like, show your face to the office one, you know, once every six months or something. I do wonder if he's to come up for phys- <laughs> like physicals for like the insurance purposes, or if that those tests can be done down there. I. Uh... <laughs> can he get an in and out flight from buffalo like <laughs> land get the physical at the airport get back on the plane and take off Unfold, you know? we don't have enough direct flights between here and dallas sorry ben you gotta <laughs> we're gonna have to get you a hotel overnight <laughs> sorry buddy you gotta fly southwest and ooh, group c that's tough you're you're six foot six man that's that's rough i'm sorry you gotta sit middle seat pal that's all we could afford here in buffalo that's that's it like Good luck. Also, you're going to land at Love Field. Enjoy that. So just yeah. because we don't, just because we don't know who's going to be available at nine, Joe, doesn't mean we can't talk about it. it doesn't mean we can't speculate that if we're if we're the one making that pick, and any player reasonably could be available. Um, you know, where's your priority at, right? I mean, if if it's if this follows some of the you know most of the mock drafts we're seeing, you know, especially when it comes to the top five, you know, who are who is going to be the name on your card? See, I've been. See, you say, well, we gotta, get, we can get ready to do these mocks and blah blah blah. I was, I was like, I've had like a, it, it's been kind of buzzing around my head here for the last couple weeks, honestly, um, and like just going with the assumption that Wright, Slavkowski, and Cooley are your top three. Like yeah. that's, I think that's pretty assumed that like that's gonna be your one, two, three. Um, and let's also assume that uh, Simon Nemec and David Yurichetz are gonna be gone as well. Yeah. Those two talked about. Yeah. Them. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I think if either of those guys slips down to nine somehow, I think that's your pick. I think that's automatic. I think, <laughs> I think if, if either of those players is there, you got to do that. Um, but some of the, like some of the names I've kind of zeroed in on one was, one was Matthew Savoy. Uh, just based on stuff I'd heard from some people a couple weeks ago, you know, draft crazies people were very big into prospects and whatever and for whatever reason he's small uh the that he was slipping down people's boards um uh, you know there was some thought that he might be there at nine and i'm like well i don't care if he's five foot eight on skates if he can like he can score and he's fast the way he he can move freaking pick him (laughs) you know like that savoy savoy's one i keep my eye on um savoy i cutter gauthier maybe Gauthier, I don't know. He's he's American. They pronounce things differently than, than it looks. Um, like like that's I mean that's a guy that I that his name's kicked around a little bit this, this week. Same with Frank Nazar. His name's been he he got linked with Buffalo like the the, the like within five minutes of him talking at the uh, the combine. Everybody's like, oh, Frank Nazar might be a saber. And I'm like, okay, let's slow your roll a little bit. Like let's let's relax. But. Um, but I think the I think their plan is going to be forward, um, just because you know Yurichek and Nemec are not going to be there, most likely. Like that's it's a big assumption, but I think most likely they're not going to be there. But um, 
I don't know. I, I think a guy like Savoy would be great. Now, if you fear the size factor, okay. But, you know, Johnny Gaudreau was a, was an MVP level player this year. Marty St. Louis is a Hall of Fame player. Like, you know, all the, you know, all these little guys that have done Brian Gianna had an incredible career. Like, you know, I don't, I don't fear the size factor too much. Yeah. Little guys have had success in basically every era of the NHL. Right. I mean, like mm-hmm. it's been different ones. They, it, it's, it's a, it's so overstated the impact that has, especially when it, when you're studying the skill set and the player's role, I think Savoy, he was going to be the first one I mentioned to you. I love Jonathan LaCaramacchi, uh, just a really, you know, really, really good, you know, playmaker, goal scorer type mm-hmm. of player that they they need more of. I, I like Kevin Korchinski. He should be the best defenseman available when the Sabres are on the clock at nine. But I, mm-hmm. I'm not... If there is a really high-end forward, and there definitely should be, I'm going that route instead of D. And yeah. somehow Joachim Kemmel falls because of, you know, the, the couple of the injuries he had this year. And, you know, who knows what's going to happen ahead of them again. With the Detroit at eight, you just don't know what Steve Eiserman is going to do. We can, we can sit here right. and talk about it, but he always pulls off that surprise that nobody's expecting. So, yeah, Ford, I'm with you. Savoy would be my pick. And um, I know that a lot of people, again, the size thing is going to be a concern, but – I would encourage you to go watch watch the kid play, and I think you'll you'll feel differently about him. Now, uh, you mentioned Korchinski, and that's that's a guy who's who's gotten some some hype, at least you know from the same people that I that I was talking to. Uh, they they seem to like his game a bit. He's a guy that I could see being there at sixteen. Yeah, and yeah. that's that. I think 16 is almost as interesting as nine is. Granted, you know it's seven picks later, whatever. Who cares? Um, but that's a spot where I think it could be. It's a toss-up, honestly. Whether it's D or forward, I don't think. I don't think they've got anything. You know, I don't. I don't think there's any commitment to like. Well, if we get one forward at one spot, we got to get a defenseman at the other one. I don't think there's any sort of feeling that way. Yeah, I think it'll be best player available in, in both cases. That's you know, that's the, that's the way Kevin Adams handles it. I agree. You know, especially when you're coming to the first round, where you're gonna you're gonna get a really good player that you have. I mean, they're gonna they're gonna get a first round pick with their their pick in the second round, at least a first round pick in terms of their board. Somebody is mm-hmm. going to be there that's gonna be very good in the eyes of their scouting staff. So I'm I'm taking a defenseman at 16 or 28 rather than than nine. I just think that with again, unless one of those two top guys is a surprising fall and is available mm-hmm. at nine, then, you know, you run to the stage and hand in the card. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Which I thought they were going to do with Marco Rossi a couple of years ago. And then, you know, it turned out, it turned out it was his, his line mate, his teammate, that, which, you know, Hey, worked out good for everybody. <laughs> like that's, that's the draft where everybody was fretting and getting pissed about, you know, who went where and who picked who and, didn't matter who you picked as long as you picked any of the guys within like you know five picks of that pick you were good uh, which is which is what you kind of want to see out of out of a draft and i honestly think that's the that's kind of what this draft is going to be uh because I, I look you know looking at like mock drafts and stuff like that like it's a pretty deep amount of talent in the first round and i think all throughout it's going to be you know you get into like the second third round you're going to be able to get some pretty good players there yeah it's all it's all going to depend on what the, the particular team thinks about these players their the, their draft rankings are going to be all over the place we could look at you know i know that all the draft people you know out there they do a lot of research they talk to scouts so the boards that they create those draft rankings from the most notable people out there are 
are pretty darn accurate. Like those players are going to have those similar grades across the board, but it's all about order, right? So it's that's mm-hmm. what it's going to come down to. It's just going to be fascinating when you see the Sabres with 11 picks, three in the first round. There's going to be some freedom to, to move up. I don't. They they don't seem to be in the position where they have. In, they're going to have any interest in moving back. So they're going. They're just going to be able to move up. Or if there's an NHL ava- player available that that meets their needs, you know, short and long term, it's it's something they're going to be able to do. Now there's a guy that is probably going to go late first, if not early second round. Uh, that to me, if they do still have their pick at 28, he's the guy I want to see him take a swing on, and it's Ivan Miroshenko out of Russia. Because that there's a lot of talent there. There's a lot of ability. There's a lot of skill. And there's a lot of questions as to whether or not he's ever going to leave Russia. (laughs) But he's uh, the guy that, like, if I want to take a ballsy swing at somebody, he's the guy. I like, I do like him a lot. Uh, If he's available there, I still, I have a hard time believing that some of these playoff teams that are in cap trouble won't pick a guy like that, knowing that, hey, three years down the road, he's somebody we can sign. But, you know. They're in a position to sit on a player, and, and if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. Like Tampa Bay at third, Tampa Bay, if they find a way to move up, um, you know, you look at Minnesota, Pittsburgh. Um, it, it's it's going to be fascinating. At twenty eight, I like uh, Philip Messer from Slovakia. That's how mm-hmm. he said that he told the reporters at the combine that he his longest talk he estimated was with the Sabers. They were, I believe, one of twenty eight teams he spoke to. And uh, I mean, Slovakia, Eastern Europe, Frank Musel, the Sabre scout in that area has done a good job finding talent uh, when it comes to, you know, Paterka, Rusek, Messer will be another one. Joe, I'm sure you can name more of them. Uh, Messer's a really creative, dynamic player. Yeah. And the work that Musel does in Eastern Europe is pretty strong because, I mean, he's a very well-respected guy from his NHL career. Um and he's, he's got an eye for talent. Like, I know some people were kind of down on the Rusek pick because he was older. Like, he was, what, 19, 20 uh, when they drafted him. But, like, the skill was there. Like, you know, again, that's, a, like, a, that's a, like a raw skill guy. It's just like you knew you are going to be investing time into letting him grow up and then figuring out if he can be a guy. And now he's, you know, now he's in Rochester. And, you know, granted, you know, knee injury did not help things out this year uh, with him. But he, but I mean, the talent's there, the ability's there. We saw some flashes of that with with the Amerks, uh, toward, you know, later in the season, where I don't know, maybe maybe he can be a guy, maybe he can be somebody who's who who eventually can maybe get to the NHL. I mean, that that's the kind of hope you have to hold for guys that are taken, you know, fifth, sixth, seventh round. But uh, but but Frank Musil's Frank Musil's a pretty pretty valuable guy in that respect for for this team because, you know, I mean. I'm, I know scouts are always looking at, you know, lots of teams have scouts out that way, but, but Frank, you know, Frank comes with that, you know, that respect level of, you know, having had such a, such a long NHL career. And he obviously has, he obviously knows the game and, and has an eye for talent. Yeah. And, you know, Messer is a, a kid who he was drafted by the Kitchener Rangers in the CHL import draft. And that appears to be his next step. I mean, he played pro hockey in Slovakia. He's going to come over here grow the offensive side of the game. So he'll already be, you know, he'll get a year in junior, I would assume, and then probably sign his entry level, which really fits with the Sabres plans. A, a really dynamic for that really high upside kind of player that, you know, we mm-hmm. spoke about. Yeah, that's, yeah. Guys like that, like th- that brings out the inner, 
draft geek in me because like again i don't dig in super big on prospects you know that like that's like i mean especially right now like that's not really asked of me to do that and like Sabres present themselves with enough questions at the at the NHL level to be able to, to, to devote a lot of time into thinking about them. Uh, so, you know, taking a, a gander at a giant field of, of prospects of which I'll only really have to care about, you know, digging into them, you know, after the draft, you know, like three, four, five, six guys, you know, any of those guys that, that they pick, like that's that's where my focus zeroes in on. But um, but yeah, this yeah, like this you know, trying to, trying to break these things down, it's tough. And like trying to do the crash course, YouTube scouting that, you know, all of us writers, all of us people on, on the inside do trying to figure out like, well, maybe this guy's a guy, or maybe this guy is going to be a bum. Like maybe this, that, or the other thing, like that, 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 that level of digging in, that's, you know, like Chris Baker, I give tons and loads of respect to because he digs in on a lot of this stuff big time. And, you know, especially after they become Sabres, he really digs in. But like all these guys coming up, like he's he's like he's got his stuff very well researched. And I, you know, I respect the hell out of that. But because like I try to do that and I'm just I'm just kind of like I'm getting bored with this. Oh, and especially, you know, you know, like if you have players in Europe, it, it's more difficult to not only get the game footage to watch and learn, and but also just information overall about the player. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. And I mean, and especially now with Russia, like that's going to get even, that's going to get even tougher to, to figure that out. Cause at least with Russia, you could be like, well, you know, at least they're tracking all these things a lot. You know, they're, if they're playing in the, in the K, then you're like, okay, well, you know, at least then you've got video, you've got tape, but like if they're playing in the, uh, in the second league or the junior league, then you're like, you know, it gets sketchy really fast. Yeah. The as anal- far as you try to get information. Somehow the analytics out of Russia, including the junior leagues is as reliable as it comes. I was told. So Goodbye, uh, all the Russian Hockey Federation on that front. And that is the only front yeah. I'm going to give you credit for. So, yeah, I think when it comes to those Russian kids, though, in this draft, it's going to be a case-by-case basis, almost like it, it has been in the past, where you're looking at, okay, what organization are they with? You know, how, when it comes to the, the particular team, you know, your immigration lawyer, you're going to get advice from them. So it's going to be... Teams, including the Sabres, are going to make their prospect rankings without that in mind. And then if a guy who's there at the top of their board is from Russia, then they have the conversation. Okay, is this, you know, what's the legal situation with this guy? Are we willing to take the risk where this pick is? Is the upside there? It's going to be that sort of situation. So, no, we haven't heard one team come out and say a blanket statement of, no, we aren't picking these guys. Yeah, I that, that that you know honestly that doesn't really feel like the modern NHL way to do things anyways to just come right out and be like no we're not doing this yeah it's always like some clandestine like you know wink and a nod like yeah yeah no we're gonna look into those Russian wink you know like we, we're not gonna we're not against taking Russian players wink you know like like that's five years that's ago more by like how things operate <laughs> like the Sabres yeah did. you know sometimes you pick one in the seventh round just to kind of be a dick about it you know like there's there's things like that but um. But yeah, like that's the thing is like when it gets down to it, teams are selfish. Every team, every team's brutally selfish. And if there's a guy that is very talented, super talented, and it doesn't matter where they're from, he's going to get taken at some point. Yeah. Like you're just not going to ignore 
is a highly talented guy just because he's in a country that everybody's frozen frozen off from. We've spoken we've spoken about in previous episodes, but Nikita Novikov, who the Sabres drafted last year, six foot four defenseman, would have been drafted higher had there not been concerns about him coming back coming over. You have it every year, mm-hmm. right? I know that of course it is magnified because of awful, awful things going on in Ukraine right now. We don't know what the future is going to hold a couple of years from now, but still, I mean, you said it. Teams are still looking for the most talented players, and they're going to be able to roll the dice. And the Sabres, because of how many picks they have, they're in a position to be one of those teams that we're going to we're going to be looking out for on, on both draft days for taking Russians. Now, you mentioned you mentioned before that you, you don't trade 16 for, you know, a half-assed goalie <laughs> that, might, that might help you. Um, is there... Is there is there a deal out there that you move sixteen in a heartbeat though, like one that makes sense, not like one where it's just kind of like, well, we'll, we'll give you Andre Vasilevsky if you give us sixteen. Like, yeah, obviously, like make that trade seven, you know, a thousand times in a, in a thousand chances. I just look at what goalies are thought to be available over the trade market, or who could be available, even guys like Varlamov and um, you know, Georgiev from the New York Rangers. I don't think any of those guys is worth sixteen. I, I don't. I don't think Varlamov is with one year left on his deal. I I would much rather just – I know that fans don't want to hear it, but I would much rather trade a later-round pick for James Reimer or somebody like that and then go yeah. after Jack Campbell in free agency, which I don't yeah, think they're going to be able to get him. But, like, right. I would I would much – if I'm a GM, 16 with the – like, you could end up with Brad Lambert. Like, what if Brad Lambert falls to you at, at 16? You know, mm-hmm. you know, there's just – there's a lot of really good players yeah. in, in that area of the draft where I'm just – I just don't know if I can go there. Do you trade 28 for James Reimer? No, not not James Reimer. <laughs> but I, I trade 28 for Varlamov. Yeah, 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 I, yeah. If he's willing, yeah. if he's willing to come and he's in a good place about the move, you know, coming into a situation where he could be the starter, then great. But again, like when it comes to all these decisions about trades, it's going to be not only talent, but okay, is this guy going to be happy to get traded to Buffalo? Because all it takes is yeah. one guy to ruin their locker room. And I, and I, or one guy to leave the locker room at the end of November and just say, peace, I'm out of here. Exactly. So you have to be careful, right? And (laughs) the Sabres have witnessed it firsthand. It wasn't, it was before (laughs) Kevin Adams' time, but I, he's not going to acquire somebody who doesn't want to come here with Eric Stahl, because we knew that Eric Stahl, when he got traded, wasn't the happiest about it. But Kevin Adams had a relationship with Stahl to where he could call him and be like, dude, it's going to be okay. It wasn't okay. It didn't turn out okay, but. Dude, don't worry. We'll trade you eventually at some point this season. Just know we're going to do that, but just kind of, you know, just kind of deal with is it. There a, is, there, is there a scenario where you would trade 28? What, what goalie out there would you trade 28 for? You know, out of the realist, realistically, which ones that are going to be available? I, I don't know. See, 28, after having 9 and 16, I'm I'm way more flippant about moving 28 Same. in that case. Same. Like, I'm just kind of like, yeah, all right, screw it. Like, that's if we've already talked about like taking a swing at 28 with some, with some prospect that, you know, like, like Miroshenko or somebody, you know, somebody like that. Like, if you don't feel like if you're just kind of like, yeah, you know, if, if it's like one of those, yeah, fuck it, let's do it picks. Then I don't feel bad about trading it for a goalie because it's kind of like, all right, do we want a guy now or do we want a guy that we might get in five years? Like that's, that, that's kind of where, where that one lies. Like with nine and 16, you're thinking, all right, this is a guy that could be here in a year, two years, three years tops. Yeah. Like that, that's, that's, that's where you're at with that. Um, but with 28, like 
if I'm just like picking some guy on a, you know, not on a lark, but like a very educated big swing that, you know, Hey, maybe, maybe he'll, maybe he'll bake it. Maybe, maybe he'll decide to come over here. Maybe we'll have a, a great player for the, you know, for the next forever. Um, yeah. I, I, I moved 28 for, for a good goalie. Absolutely. Like that's, that's the thing. Uh, now, who do you, who do you take? Who do you get with that? Yeah. That's the murky I, part. I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't know what team is going to punt on a goalie that they have. What did the Boston Bruins um, call from side 28 for Lena Stallmark? I think you almost have to say yes. Don't you? I, I mean, it's, yeah, it's three more, I, it's three more years, which is, which is the tough part. But you're, you're, you, I think you acquire him with the thought of, I don't necessarily need him to be the number one. Like, but he's probably you know, better I, than anything you're going to realistically get in free agency for sure. Right. But like, if, if Lukanen become, you know, goes supernova and blows up, or, you know, Levi in, you know, in two years comes in and, you know, or Levi next year shows up and just starts, you know, shutting everybody down. I don't feel bad about making him the, the one B or even the soft number two goalie at that point. Cause uh, honestly, with what he's, what he's being paid, not that much. Like, it's not that bad for, for a goalie, like five, well, five million. I mean, it's fine. Yeah, it's fine. on a team that's, that's trying to get to the floor. Yeah, it's fine. It's fine. If for I'm what? a cap, if I'm a cap strap team, I hate that. Yeah. And like, I don't, we don't know what the Bruins are doing yet. That's the only reason why I brought them up. I, mean, yeah. I know Bergeron's reportedly coming back. So that makes it look like they're a contender, but I mean, if they mm-hmm. ditch all Mark's contract, that gives them even more money to play with on top of the LTIR. They can, they'll have it start the year with all those injured guys. So it's just, yeah. it's going to, it's, it's interesting. Cause that's a team of course that, a veteran goalie would sign there to be to work in tandem with Swayman. They wouldn't. They won't have trouble convincing somebody to go there. Yeah, and they only have two picks in the top hundred. Yeah, they don't have any prospects. And not they don't have a pick until late second round. Their first pick is until late, you know, mid late second round. So yeah, just and yeah, the prospect pool's weak. Yeah, in Boston. Just something, you know, just just something. I, I wonder if we're going to start hearing Allmark's name. Yeah, that's, I mean, I'm looking at Boston's like guys that they have signed anyways, like, you know, John Beecher, that looks like he's 21. He still hasn't, still hasn't broken through yet. Like, okay. Fabian Lysel is a guy that they like, but you know, they just drafted him last year. Like, I don't know, Jakob Lauko, like, I, I don't know, man. Like that's, yeah, I know he's, he's looking at it like the prospects challenge each of the last few years, but like, that seems to be the, the one place where he's excelled, but yeah. Yeah. They whiffed on some. Yeah, Boston, Boston seems like a team that will definitely that would definitely try to make a move to jump into the to get a first round pick somehow. You would think so. I mean, they've missed on some first rounders in the past that really hurt their depth and made them go out and in trades and free agency to try to to supplement that top line. hasn't They haven't built a Stanley Cup team, you know, out of you know, these, these last few years they're drafting. So. Mm-hmm. They got to get creative, and that's a team. I don't. I mean, they don't have a coach yet, as we're speaking now. So who knows what direction they're heading? Yeah. All we know is Bergeron's coming back, and that would indicate they're at least going to try to win. I'm I'm fully expecting that the jinx just happened there by you saying, "Well, they don't have a coach yet." And they'll name them. They'll name them like five minutes before this co- before this posts on Monday morning. <laughs> Monday morning somehow, like six in the morning. Ralph Kruger like, yeah, hey, named so. head coach of the Boston Bruins. <laughs> 
you'd see a huge celebration here if that were the case. Yeah. Because people would be like, we're jumping the Bruins, baby. I'm going to South, I'm going to Charleston, South Carolina for a few days, Joe. I'll be on the beach. We'll have to do an emergency podcast. I'll be on the beach. People around <laughs> me will think I'm insane talking about the 2020-21 Sabres. Don't we, don't we have to? We've kind of committed ourselves that if Ralph gets another head coach job or even an assistant job, we have to kind of we have to invite him on the podcast. We, well, a yes, <laughs> he'll say no, um, but but b we also have to we'd have to do an emergency pod to just kind of break down how that yeah. happens. Yeah, like, and to be fair, you and I are both kind of staring at the Florida Panthers, wondering. You're going to do it, aren't you? <laughs> You're going to absolutely – because they got Paul – they just signed Paul Maurice as their head coach. And they're close and buddies. That, they work together at the World Cup of Hockey. Yeah. Yep. Like that's that's like a – go ahead, do it. Do it. We, we do it. We dare you. Like that's uh, – <laughs> I'm, I'm keeping an eye on it. I'm very curious. If you're, if you're Sam Reinhardt or Brandon Montour – and Paul Marie says, oh, I'm going to bring in our assistant coach. Some of you guys might remember him from the time <laughs> in Buffalo. It's like a wrestling, so, st- a wrestling style intro. <laughs> they just start, those guys just start booing him mm-hmm. as he hits the, How's the Vince McMahon. Get out of here. <laughs> the Vince Comes McMahon swagger out of the ice. <laughs> uh, well, I got, I got, a, I got to get going for, for this vacation business, hitting the road. Yeah, I'm we, glad we got this we, one we, in though. We got a lot of good hockey talk. It's going to be a couple of busy weeks. So this is almost a segue, yeah. a, a podcast segue into yeah. The fun stuff. This is, yeah. I mean, listen, if anybody needs a vacation, it's you because everybody you needs know, a vacation. Well, well, yeah. I mean, but like you need a break too. Like, let's, let's be real. You, you can, time, time in Charleston is going to be nice. Yeah, I, I didn't make it there on my trip to South Carolina, but, um, but if you want to have a taste of Miami light, uh, go up, go up north to Myrtle Beach and check it out for a day. I don't do that. If you're in Charleston, just stay in Charleston. We'll see what the weather is. If like, because the, there, there's rain in the forecast. We'll see how it goes. If I could flee oh, the rain man. to go somewhere else, I, I might have to. Yeah, I mean, in that case, yeah, get out of the rain, go up north. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, but Charles, Charles, there's so much stuff in Charleston. Like that, that was my reason I wanted to go there. It was all the history stuff, all the you know the beautiful architecture all that stuff and food first time going i'm looking forward to it yeah Yeah, well well listen have fun and uh i want everybody else out there to have fun too yeah have a good week uh, everybody have a holiday coming up soon lance while you're on the beach tell people where they can find you where they can yell at you and you won't pay attention to them for the next week (laughs) well on twitter if you want to yell at me it's l-l-y-s-o-w-s-k-i and then hey at the buffalo news some of my draft stuff is going to be post my pre-draft Stories are going to be posted here and there over the next week, but for the most part, I'm not going to be all that engaged, <laughs> to be honest. So yeah, fully unplugged. Joe, where can everybody find you? Well, you can find me on Twitter at Joe Yerdon, J O E Y E R D O N. Uh, you know, yell at me directly if you want to. Uh, I don't have my notifications turned on though, so you might if you yell at me, I might yes. not see it for a while. So you know, like that's I it, when I when I'm not actively looking at Twitter, I don't want to look at Twitter. Let's put it that way. Yeah, that's how I've been uh, become, yeah. unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you can also find some of my writings at uh, notedhockey.substack.com. If anybody missed it, I put my awards ballot and explanations on there weirdly enough i didn't get yelled at by anybody for any of my explanations i had some ones where i was expecting to get screamed at and not a peep from anyone 
Hey, they're just jealous. I don't know if I'm dis- I don't know if I'm disappointed or if I'm just happy that everybody's like, oh yeah, okay, I I, I respect that, which no, it's no respect on the internet. So. Hey, people respect well-researched ballots, and actually, no, there's a very unreasonable <laughs> segment of the hockey fan <laughs> fan base across the world that, uh, yeah. Why didn't you vote Cole Sillinger in your top five for the Calder? <laughs> pitchfork, Sorry, pitchfork, man. pitchfork. <laughs> yeah, pitchfork's on fire, yeah. literally. Like that's 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 yeah, how. Sorry, Cole didn't make my ballot, Columbus fan. <laughs> yeah. uh, all right, Lance, go have fun. Yeah, enjoy good the beach. Glad we did enjoy this. the. Yeah, enjoy the uh, the probably hotter weather than we'll have. So, uh, but yeah, most of all, just enjoy enjoy the break. And uh, everybody else, uh, we'll, we we will be back again next yep. week. See you next week. Uh, yeah, we'll have we'll have lots of fun there with even more draft stuff. So get ready. Uh, but until then, we'll see you again next week.